Welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with your host, John Hewlin. And today you're listening to part two of my conversation with Kyle Bucket. Kyle is co-author of the amazing book, Leadership is Overrated, How the Navy Seals and Successful Businesses Create Self-Leading Teams That Win. He's also a retired U.S. Navy SEAL. He's a husband. He's a dad. He's an amazing guy, co-founder of Culture Force. He is somebody that you want to pay attention to. And definitely, you need to grab a copy of his new book. So sit back, relax. Welcome to the show. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world, representing many disciplines, about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. I don't think that you are probably even aware of this. Now, the viewers and listeners are aware of this. Uh, my first book is coming out. Nice. It's supposed to be coming out in late January. It's uh, it's called The F6 Secrets of Relationships. Uh, the subtitle is Identifying Ways to Recharge, Restore, and Rescue Deep Connections. I love it. I can't wait to read it. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's yes, it's all about relationships. Because to me, everything comes from that. Right. That life and business are all about relationships. I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer, John. In fact, I work with, um, I can't wait to read this because I work with several special forces charities that oh, focus cool. on, yeah, that focus on guys and gals that are transitioning out of active duty, oh, yes. retiring into private sector, right? Mm -hmm. And I was actually just back in San Diego a couple of weeks ago working with the Honor Foundation as one of them that I regularly work with. And it's funny you bring this up because I was talking about, they're saying, hey, how do I get out there? How do I now network myself in private sector? Mm -hmm. And what does it all boil down to? It's relationships, relationship. All relationships. Yes, absolutely it is. You know, one of the things, Kyle, that has served me well over the years, and I would love to say that, you know, that the heavens parted, you know, and God in a thundering voice spoke down to me and gave this to me one day. He didn't. It just it just hit me as like the right thing to do. I'll never forget it. I was very early on in my entrepreneurial journey. I mean, in my first year. And I and I had no training. I had nobody to help me. I made like the litany of mistakes that I made. I, I should write a book about that, about all the mistakes I made. And it's like, here's what not to do when you start a business. But leaving that to the side. I met with somebody as a potential client, and it was very clear, I mean, inside of five minutes, that I was not a fit for this person. It was very clear to me. But everything I knew about entrepreneurship was, you know, the early days are hard, you know, just get what you can in the early days. But it just, it right. seemed disingenuous to me. It's like, I felt like I would be stealing. It wasn't an alignment. Person. Yeah, it, it was not in alignment at all. And I told the person, I said, look, I would love to continue this conversation, but it's really clear to me that what I have to offer is not a fit for you and where you are. Now, most 
entrepreneurs, most business owners, even most salespeople, they stop right there. I don't. I continue it further. I was like, look, I think I know the type of person, or in this case, it was a, it was a service that they need. This particular service, I think I know what you need. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recommend these two other businesses that I know of. But in addition to that, I'm going to contact them on your behalf and let them know you're going to call. And I want you to reach out to them, talk to both, and see if it's a fit for you. Kyle, every time I do that, every time they come back and thank me because they realize it's not about the money for me. It has never been about the money because if I can't help somebody, I'm not living out my purpose. Right. I'm not doing what I'm meant to do. And I'm right. meant to help to serve people. That's why I'm here. That is right. my entire goal for my entire life. I ask people this all the time, people, people that I coach, people I have like come on the show, anybody I talk to, the way you know what you're all about, and it requires some thought, and it is, some people don't like it because they don't like to think about death, but it's like, what do you want it to say on your headstone about you? Really right. think about that. And the first time somebody told me about that, saying, hey, I want you to think about what you want on your headstone, because that says everything about who you are. I'm like, right. okay. Mine is super simple, super simple, not easy to do, but simple. I love God and I love people. That's it. Those are the two filters I do everything through. And I mean everything. And if it doesn't fit those, I don't do it. I just don't. I know for some people that's really simplistic, but honestly, Kyle, that has saved me so much heartache and aggravation over the years. So much. Truly, it has. It's amazing. You're I've never asked anybody it. on the show this directly, never on camera anyway. So, I mean, for you, if you were to think about that, what would you want yours to say about you? Can I, can I tell a quick story real quick? Oh, please tell the story. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, 2012, I'm in Afghanistan. We are clearing a four by seven mile stretch of uh, land. This was actually my lar one of my largest operations that I had ever gotten uh, to do and be a part of. Actually, Mad Dog Mattis approved this operation. Shout out to old General Mattis. Um, and so anyway, uh, we're clearing through uh, a week period. It was going to be a week uh, because I was going to take my team and we had been mission complete in another area. Um, and now we're going to you know set up a new village stability platform. Mm. Um, and so now we wanted to eradicate and remove bad actors from the area. Anyway, um, that's a whole nother story. J let me just get to the point of what I'm trying to share about. We're going through and um, I have a small little contingent of Navy SEALs with me and the Marines are pushing through in the middle of the day doing, you know, cordon and search, uh, clearing the, uh, the valley. And me and my little Navy SEAL unit are kind of shadowing them from a, uh, a little bit of an elevation in ground. We're on like a hillside, kind of. And, uh, and we see some Taliban maneuvering on the, um, on the Marines in the middle of the daylight, set, getting ready to set up an ambush. So I grab my JTAC, my Joint Terminal Air Controlment, and, I, and we run up a little hillside to get a better vantage point. And mind you, it's the middle of the day. The plan was to get up there, laze the target, and call in an airstrike or call mm. in an artillery strike in, in this case. 
um, as quick as possible. Lays it, call it in, boom. Literally, we're going to be up there, look for eight to 10 seconds, get back down off the hillside because we're extremely exposed. At any second, we could be shot by RPG, PKM, AK fire, whatever. We're, we're exposed is the point. So we get up there and uh, I'm on my radio. Now I'm going in real time. I'm on my radio. I look to my left. I look to my right. And all of a sudden, my JTAC just jabs me on my, like, on my rib. And I'm like, he elbows me. I'm like, dude, what the heck was that about? And I, and I look over at him. Mm-hmm. And his, his face is just, you know, like, str- like kind of like frozen. And he just points down at the ground at me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? And I, and I look down at the ground. And we are standing undeniably on an improvised explosive device. Oh my Undeniable. Undeniable. The ground scars, the wires, we can see it all. We know all, this, we, we know all the signs. And I, and I, got, I go, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. This after everything we've been through over the years, this is how I'm going to go out. And um, just kind of lift my chin, tilt my head back, kind of like, and I hear out of nowhere, a loud thunderous voice say, I've got you. And I go, I take my earmuffs off and I go, hey, did you just, did you hear that? What are you talking about? I'm like, you didn't, you didn't hear that? He's like, what, do you, what, what, do you, what are we going to do? I, I don't know what you're talking about. What are we going to do? What's the plan? What's the plan? And I'm like, and this is not a hero. This is not a hero's. I go, I look at him. He's significantly lighter than me. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, you first. And he runs and he's like, he knows it's kind of the maybe it's a shot in the dark. Maybe it'll work. So mm-hmm. he's like, all right. And I'm like, hey, tell uh, real quick, tell Candace I love her. And he's like, sure you know uh he's all right and i'm like i love you buddy and um he gets off and he runs down the hill Mm -hmm. now now i hear him on my radio when he's down at the bottom of the hill at minimum safe distance Mm -hmm. come back up on comps because our protocol is you you go comms dark because if it's a radio frequency control device you could set it off oh yeah yeah so i'm not talking on my radio now okay now i hear him on the radio say hey buck is literally on an IED. Can we get EOD over here? And they're like, hey, it's 60 minutes. Oh my God. 60 minutes before we get the EOD guys uh, to your proximity. Now, mind you, I'm extremely exposed. PKM, RPG, any second, I'm pulling my way. Right. And I'm like, Lord, I think I just heard you. Um, Lord, if I didn't hear you, if that was not of you, please just watch over my wife. And I hear it again, John. Oh, wow. I've got you. I've got you. And I was like, oh, and it was, and it was thunderous. It was powerful, but Mm. it was full of love, grace, and kindness. It was Mm. very unique. It was very unique, like, and, and full of pure authority, pure authority. And so I'm like, oh man, I take my earmuffs off again. I think that was you. (laughs) That was something. And um, I'm like, okay. And I hear it the third time. Oh, I've got you. It was three times. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, Lord, I trust that was you. If that wasn't you, please forgive me of all my sins. <laughs> and, uh, and I step off and uh, it doesn't go off. Wow. And so obviously I'm still here, right? Yeah. And so I get down to the bottom of the hill. EOD comes over two hours later. 
we mark the target. They come, they arrive two hours later and they unearth what was the equivalent of 10 pounds of TNT, nine oh inches, gosh, nine inches below the surface. And what had happened was, is it was a pressure plate. It was a, uh, it was a, a release plate, meaning that when we stepped on it, it, it <laughs> connected. And when okay. we step off, it's supposed to detonate. Right. And that EOD guy's like, yeah, it's weird. Like it just, it just held for some reason. It didn't, it didn't release. And he literally, he's like, I remember him looking at me. He goes, thank God, huh? That's like, buddy. <laughs> All right. And he was like, we got to go. I was like, ah, and I never got to tell him the rest of the story. But, uh, but man, if that thing had gone off, both, and he and I, if the JTAC and I would have even lived, we would not have our lower extremities. We would not have our reproductive organs. My three kids would not be alive and his two beautiful daughters would not be alive. Yeah. If we even would have lived. Right. So to answer you, uh, ironically, this is pretty neat, man. This is pretty neat, pal. Like mine is just, mine's the same as yours, dude. People and, and love of God. Love of God yeah. and people, man. Pretty cool. I've never Very met someone cool. else that has the same same desire of a gravestone as mine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not that I'm in any hurry to go. I'm not. <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> I got we too much to, to do, do man. We got a lot of stuff to do here still. Pop. Got a lot of stuff to do. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, so that's the uh, that's the full story. We don't okay. tell that full story in the book. So you got to hear it first. Nice. This I podcast. love that. That's pretty cool. I like having firsts. So that's awesome. So which came first, Culture Force or the book? Uh, a good question. Uh, Culture Force, actually, uh, technically we were, you know, Culture Force was created before the book released. Okay. Um, but, you know, we were working on the book, you know, we've been working on the book for years, actually. Yeah. Now, mind you, we were both, it was kind of a, a side uh, project um, that turned into a lot more, but we were both busy. Like I was, I was actually taking a company public. No, oh, okay. Um, as, yeah. So we were, we were both pretty busy over the last couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah. So you were mentioning earlier about some of the organizations that you work with, but in, in my research and just so that, you know, Kyle, um, I do my research ahead of time. Nice. I'm I'm prepared Love for it. my interviews, even if I never use it. I'm yeah. I'm prepared. Uh, the one of the things that I found out when I was doing research on you is your your desire and your efforts to help others from your close knit. I mean, not just seals. I think it's just special forces. I'll just I'll leave get that broader term out there. Special forces. Not helping just in the transition, but helping others become business owners. Mm. Because, I mean, that's not, that's not for everybody, clearly. Right. I mean, right. I, I know you know that. Uh, yeah. it's, it takes a special kind of person to do that. That's right. And so what has that process been like, and, and what are you doing to help these folks? Um, so it's really near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have, on any given week... Uh, one to two, ironically, um, you know, it's probably, if you did the math, probably 1.6, let's call it that for the, for the, <laughs> for the FP and A teams out there, you know, 
Navy SEALs or Marine Force Raiders or Green Berets that are retiring from active duty that will call me up and say, hey, I'm getting ready to retire. I'm thinking about starting a business in X. Mm -hmm. Can we get, can we hop on a Zoom and talk about it? Like, absolutely. Let's freaking go. Uh, And so it's very interesting to see and watch. And a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of innovation that happens within the United States military, especially the special forces. There's okay. MA activity, uh, there's tech adoptions, tech implementations, uh, there's military construction projects, um, uh-huh. there's, there's budgetary requirements, budgetary constraints, as we all know, uh, yeah. but there's yeah. also budget, budget management. So, you know, there's this intrapreneur community within special forces that already exists. And when we help them and teach them to get the vernacular of private sector, it can be a really powerful thing, really gotcha. powerful thing uh, for, you know, some examples, but not limited to, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, a friend of mine who's working on an uh, ocean energy conversion technology, mm. right? Navy okay. SEAL, Navy, former Navy SEAL that's focused on, you know, converting ocean energy to um, renewable energy, for example. Um, We have other groups that are, you know, looking at, you know, mapping the entire uh, floor of the ocean. Uh, I know another group that is working on a non-satellite based GPS where it doesn't require satellite um, connectivity, right? Okay. And on and on and on. And so... When these individuals are encouraged, empowered um, with, you know, just the, the nuances of navigating private sector, um, it, could, it could become a really powerful thing, is my point. And so I love doing it. It's a big passion of mine, uh, helping them uh, to either, you know, seek funding or <laughs> avoid funding and bootstrap. So um, yeah. it's near and dear to my heart, and I love doing it. What was the uh, the transition like for you going from so, the, the life of someone in the military where things are, for the most part, you're told what to do a lot of the time versus when you're out, nobody's really telling you what to do. Yeah. You know, for me, it was a little nuanced. Everyone's got their own story, but mine's honestly not that helpful to a lot of people. So I'll be quick. Okay. Uh, in, 2000, in 2006. Uh, I discovered that there was a special uh, a nomenclature or a requirement in the military if you wanted to do outside employment. And you had mm. to fill out, as the, the famous special forces guys will tell you, ah, oh, paperwork, we got to do paperwork, right? Um, <laughs> and you had to do paperwork. And you had to fill out a request uh, and, and, and fill out a requirement to actually own and operate a business whilst being active duty. So I read the instruction, I read the requirements to actually do that. And I filed for, you know, permission um, to actually run a business back in 2006. And, uh, and I helped my wife uh, start up and run a a service based business uh, in 2006. And then, you know, she expanded it in 2010, 2011. Uh, and then, you know, went by, by state, meaning, you know, owning in two different states, both Texas and California years later. And you okay. know, she's, she's operated that company and had over, you know, 200 employees. That's great. And, 
Yeah. And, you know, she's, you know, millions and millions, dozens of millions of dollars in revenue, et cetera, et cetera. So I cut my teeth pretty early on is my point in private sector in, in terms of running and operating a business. And so years later, uh, one of my buddies was uh, starting a nonprofit for disabled veterans, hmm. focusing on building and manufacturing them uh, surf equipment so they could achieve surf oh. therapy. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's called One More Wave. It's an incredible charity focused on helping veterans avoid suicide or homelessness by, yeah. you know, giving them and manufacturing custom surf equipment for them so they can achieve, you know, a better mental state. Uh, nice. And so we grew that. I helped him grow that business while on active duty to a mm. community of over 10,000 supporters, donors, and um, uh, coaches and, and veterans and even athletes. And oh, so sweet. for me, for me, it's a little jaded in the sense that I was already kind of operating. So my transition was a little different. In terms yeah, of, I, I, I can see on. what you're saying there. But see, but you knew early on that was something you wanted to do. That's right. So that's, right. That, that, that's a little bit different. What's been your experience helping some of these other folks, some of these folks who aren't as forward thinking as you were? that are realizing, oh, my time is coming to an end and, or they're at the end and they yeah. are now a civilian. And it's like, what do I do? You know, the first thing that we, fo that I like to focus on with the groups is saying to themselves, Hey, don't focus on industry. Okay. Because don't focus on a specific vertical. And here's why I say that. Because when you're on active duty, especially in the, and I'm speaking for the special forces community, especially because that's my, my experience. Um, mm -hmm. But for the, for that group, they're in almost all verticals already, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're running, you know, that story I just told when we're running a base in the middle of the, we're monitoring and managing our own infrastructure, our own energy, right? For yeah. example, right? Like no, like we're doing that. We're running our, our infrastructure, our energy. We have ge diesel generators running um, or solar running our base, for example, or new innovations that we're working with, you know, some of the think tanks on. Anyway, my point is, yeah. is that these guys and gals are working in all of the vehicles. So when they come out and they start thinking of, hey, I really want to go into fintech or, hey, I want to go into uh, clinical trial technology or, hey, I really have a heart for you know, uh, consumer technology. And I think I understand, you know, what the guys and gals are doing over at Meta or, you know, I'm just using those as examples or I, I'm mm -hmm. very in interested in consulting. I try to tell them like, hey, remove all of that. Remove all of that because everything you just named exists in other industries. The types of jobs that you would be great for, that you would succeed at, that you ex excel at, even more importantly, exists in all verticals. So focus more on what you want to do on the day to day. Like, mm -hmm. do you get really energized waking up in the morning, knowing that you're about to have a team meeting with your eight directs or does that just drain you? And you're like, <laughs> you're right. Like, Hey, know thyself, yeah. right? Does that yeah. just drain you and dealing with, you know, cause everyone's different, right? Dealing sure. with people, it's just maybe just draining to you. 
when people are bringing you their problems, is that just draining to you and you'd rather be focused on product development or mm-hmm. process development or, you know, innovative technologies, or you want to focus on sales, going out and being a, you know, you know, em- enterprise sales. My point is, is like, I try to focus on starting on the branch they're on, which is what is going to truly excite you? Because I found time and time again, and I'm now I'm speaking for myself, I know when I'm doing something that doesn't excite me, right? That client or that boss or that coworker or that employee is not getting the best version of Kyle. Yeah. They're just not. And so I'm like, hey, don't do that to yourself. Let's focus on what's truly going to excite you. Because when you're in, you're in a, a position that you're just excited to do it, it's, it's work, but it's exciting and everyone's getting their best out of you. Yeah. And ironically, it's really not as hard as everyone thinks these days to find those positions. Especially, mm. it's easier now, in my humble opinion, than it ever has before. Because how many websites are there now? There's Indeed, there's a LinkedIn, there's Mods. I mean, there's so right. many now, right? There's recruiters. Yeah. Upon yeah. recruiters, upon recruiters, upon talent acquisition teams, upon teams. My point is, is that this world's growing fast. And there's a lot of companies hiring for great positions that these groups and individuals could really thrive and excel at. For sure. For sure. Well, I wouldn't be doing the audience justice if I didn't focus a little more on the relationship side of things, since, you know, this is the uh, Relationships and Revenue podcast. So something I ask all my guests is this, since we've already kind of laid out that uh, it is my belief, it is our shared belief that relationships are everything. I want to know what is it that you're doing right now, Kyle, to build up or to make better your most significant relationships at home and what impact do those relationships have on your business? Ooh, I love this question. So I live by a couple of just loose, I would say they're not loose because I execute them every day, but they're, I don't really have them written down that I have to reflect on them just because I've gotten in the mode probably like you, John, over the last you know decade or two of just getting in the mode of asking my network consistently, hey, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I support you? And I just get in the mode of asking my network that time and time again. I was literally just talking with a group of Navy SEALs you know, last week, actually, mm-hmm. and they're getting ready to transition out of the military. And, they were, and I okay. said that to them. And they're like, hey, what do I have to offer? Like, I'm looking for a job right now. Like, I'm trying to find where I'm aligned, back to the previous conversation, where I'm aligned, what I'm going to be great at, what I can excel at. Like, what do I have to offer? And I was like, hey, guys, you tell the head of, uh, you know, CHR, the CHRO of, uh, you know, a med tech company, I'm just throwing something out there. Hey, how can I help you? Like, nine times out of 10, maybe... 10 times out of 10, that person's never had a Navy SEAL. Just ask him that. <laughs> and guess yeah. what? Who, who in private sector, when you just ask that question, doesn't really have an answer? Mm. We all got an answer. Sure. We've all got an answer. No matter what your, what your walk of life, no matter what your experience, no matter what your capabilities, we all have an answer for that question. 
And mm-hmm. so what I try to do with my relationships is simply just consistently offer up my help. And, you know, I can't always help, but I try um, and I try to, uh, to encourage connection whenever I can. Right. Mm-hmm. I try to connect uh, people within my organization. Like I'll, I'll tell guys and gals, gals sometimes, hey, stream through my LinkedIn. Go on my LinkedIn. If you're trying to connect with someone of these three or four different industries or positions, mm-hmm. and I'm connected to that person, happy to make an intro for you, yeah. whatever I can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's really about just trying to encourage and empower the network because it's all about human connection sure, and elevate. And, and it's all about elevating the human experience. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, same question, but to your family. So, um, for my family, you know, I am a big believer in bringing the family physically together. And I have a couple of traditions that, uh, that we do. So for example, on Christmas week of this year, um, there will be, what is it? No, I think it's 22 people will be sleeping under my roof on Christmas Eve. Good for you, man. That's great. Right. Um, And that includes, check this out, my parents and and my wife's parents. And it includes my wife's uh, sister and her husband and my brother and his wife. Right. And so what I try to do, and it's become a great tradition, and we try to make it, it's not just, hey, we're all hanging out at Kyle's house. We have like a calendar, a calendar of events. Uh, nice. The day after a famous bucket uh, tradition is the day after on uh, December 26. We oh. all go shooting at a shooting range. Oh, cool. Yeah, everyone gets to take out their new guns or their new toys and show off. And, you know, <laughs> it's a great time at the range where we'll even like make a little video, um, you know, and uh, it's just a wonderful time. So, you know, my point is, is we make that week fun, full of events. So it's not mm-hmm. like a drop, a drag and everyone okay. knows what they're walking into that week because there's mm. a calendar of events. And nice. so we'll do that. We'll also try and do, uh, and, and to, to everyone who's listening you're like, well, that's great, Kyle, but like, maybe I can't afford, Hey, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to spend a lot of money by creating a calendar of events. Um, and just hosting people. My point is, is that we'll do that not just at Christmas. We'll do that uh, at some point in the summer as well. Oh, okay. And so to answer you, it's really about bringing the family physically together, nice. um, you know, and just spending time with each other physically. And when you yeah. have, for us anyway, when you do that, uh, there's a new level of love that comes mm. from it. There's obviously levels of arguments that come from it. There's political <laughs> oh, yeah. disagreements, as we all know. Oh, fine. Um, but but there's also a level of love because, you know, my wife and I, I like to think and call me out family. If you don't agree, we know we love you. But um, <laughs> we're, we try to do our best of just creating an environment of just love and appreciation that everyone's taking time to come spend it with us and everyone else. And so by creating an environment that encourages that, that empowers mm-hmm. that, um, you see something very unique happen, which is the phones go down. The phones get put away, nice. the iPads get put away, the devices get put away, and right. everyone is present in the moment. 
And so by I creating that. that environment of, of being present, it's pretty powerful. For sure. I could see how that would be. I'm about to ask a question I have never asked on this show before. I'm getting a couple of those today. Oh, good. I like that. I like that. Well, here's mine. Uh, and th there's nothing wrong with the question. I just haven't had an opportunity to ask it before. It's, it's, it's a two-part question. So what is your, I'll, I'll ask it this way. What's your EDC? What do you keep on you? What do I, what? Well, you just got through talking about you're going to have this, this big event, Christmas week, all the family there, and the day after you guys go out shooting. So everybody's showing off their new toys. So I want to know, what's Kyle's EDC? What do you carry? Oh, you mean in terms of uh, uh, tools? No, I meant in terms of like your, your weapon of choice, your pistol. It is. So I, I love my SIG. I love my SIG 226, my SIG 239, but I also love my Glock. My Glock is that thing okay. is indestructible. It's so light. And I'll tell you, later on in my career, I really started enjoying it because pounds, ounces, ounces and grams create pounds. And yeah. when you're, you know, for example, when you have a period, we had a period um, on that deployment that I was just talking about where, you know, for months on end, I was averaging between nine to 12 miles on my feet. Wow. Every day. And when you're carrying 70, when you're carrying a Kevlar helmet with night vision, when you're carrying body armor, when you're carrying massive amounts of, you know, ammunition, just in case, sure. um, it all starts adding up. So for me, uh, having something lighter, <laughs> wherever <laughs> I could cut, wherever I could cut grams or ounces, I was a big believer in it because, because of, uh, you know, that, that burden. So and that thing's indestructible, man. That thing's incredible. I love that. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a, I can't go without giving them a shout out to here. I'm in Austin, Texas. So we have an yeah. incredible uh, pistol manufacturer and designers here in Austin called Staccato. They oh, okay. make an incredible machine. Big shout out to them and the team. Also a big shout out to Lorna and the team at Noveski Rifle. Uh, mm. Noveski actually uh, worked with us back in 2000. Um, 18 2018 2018 somewhere there maybe 2019 we created a custom rifle for the charity that i was talking about oh, and a cool. portion of the proceeds went back to one more wave and noveski makes an incredible incredible rifle so they're my rifle of choice nice and don't worry folks we're going to make sure all the things that kyle has mentioned in here there's going to be it'll be in the show notes so if you want to link up with these folks, if you want to find these these items that he's been talking about, we'll have links for all those so you guys can purchase those. Awesome. For sure. For sure. We will definitely be doing that. I think we've kind of hit on this, but it'll make me feel better to actually ask it outright. Um, how would you say your faith impacts your business? Oh, massively. Massively. Um, because when you put God first, then it enables you to then put people first and your team first and elevating your leaders uh, and then helping the teams that we work with to elevate theirs. And obviously, you know, it comes back to principles, right? Mm -hmm. When you're operating in a principled manner, which we know what my principles are because of my belief and my faith, right? Sure. Um, it elevates, it elevates the expectation. It elevates 
the understanding of what Kyle or Chris is walking in. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Now, you know, hey, I know what Kyle's morals are pretty quickly. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, I can expect that Kyle's going to follow one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas you don't always you don't always know that sometimes. And so what I've been doing a lot lately, too, and we're going to get um, we're going to get spiritual here, listener. So uh, buckle up. But um, strap on, folks. Here we go. Strap on. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's definitely been leaning more on him uh, and less of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And how I do that, uh, you know, is through prayer and fasting and meditation and consistently, you know, Paul talks about it all the time. Right prayer without ceasing and Mm. so you know walking even onto a podcast saying hey lord if there's anything i need to be saying here that can resonate with somebody or i could speak Mm. life into somebody please you know show me that um show me that and so for me it's you know before you know each and every meeting it's before every encounter or even during an encounter saying hey is there something i jacked up here please forgive me or re-highlight it to me if i missed it um and so it's just a constant uh partner you know we we uh we joke that he is the uh the fourth partner in culture Mm. force um and so you know chris uh tom and i will often you know uh I'm not going to be the first one to say and lie about it, but for the most part, we're probably batting around 900. Uh, you know, we lead off all of our meetings with, you know, in prayer, mm. you know, um, we're, we're, uh, so, I mean, he, he's in it and we're in it to win it with him. So love that, man. I love that. And I, I love the fact that you're not afraid to talk about it. Um, you know, I, it's, un, it's unfortunate, but I have, I've met a lot of believers who are business owners for whatever reason. They don't really talk about it. They it's that if I'm not may. that they're ashamed. I don't I don't think right. that's it. It's just I think there's some fear there. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear of mostly the unknown, but I think that there are some potential repercussions yeah, for bringing really- that up. But but that it's, may have everything to do with who they bring in or don't bring in. It's really, you know, it's really interesting in today's society that we are the, actually the worst. Christianity is actually the worst about, <laughs> about just non just nicely just mentioning it or just bringing it up, meaning that we are so scared to talk about it. We're so nervous to sometimes talk about it because... We don't want blowback or repercussions, or then we're afraid that now everyone's going to be looking at us through a microscope, right? And that's the Mm -hmm. big one, because I'm not perfect. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm far from perfect. And so, but we're very- Welcome to the club. Right. Come on, everybody. (laughs) We're all, no one is. And so, but we're very terrified that that lens is only going to become thicker and thicker, and it's not a microscope anymore. It's a telescope. And, but what's so fascinating is what's happening on the other side. Right. We have and and let me be very clear when I say this. I'm just saying the other side's a bad word. The differences of opinion, put it that way. Right. Okay. I I loved and what I really appreciate about Islam is in the Middle East, and I've done this numerous times, you can have 
a discussion, a religious discussion with individuals of you know, Islamic descent or acting and practicing individuals, and they will have sit down and talk to you about religion, about systematic theology, and on and on and on for days, for days, and they will keep it cordial. They will nice. keep it talking at this level. They're not raising yeah. their voice. And what's very common in America is that we will go, oh, we don't want to talk religion, politics, or finances at the dinner table or whatever. Right. right. And, and, and so, which I get, I understand because those are all hot topics in America today. But my point is, is that we're so afraid, but everyone else that's not a Christian is not afraid to tell you what's going on. And for some reason, we have become this, this, this piece of society that's very afraid to talk about our belief. It's very, it's very fascinating when you think about it, that, mm -hmm. you know, someone from a different belief system or someone that follows, you know, that has a system where they completely kind of made it up, they're very forthcoming with it. Right? Mm -hmm. They're very forthcoming with telling you where they believe their their belief is and then for us for some reason we just kind of like okay this is and, and it, we're kind of quiet around it so now That's i'm not true. and there's time and place there's time and place for everything right but you know it's just interesting to me what does success look like to you well i think i think success looks like to me there it's two pieces for for me, obviously, it's God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, number one. Mm -hmm. um, number two is achieved contentment. Let me, okay. let me be specific about that. I don't, I don't prescribe to, hey, all of my kids need to have a PhD from Stanford, Harvard, or Yale. Right? Like, that's mm -hmm. not success for me. Success is that they have achieved happiness in both their relationship with the Lord and their profession and their family, and they are content and fulfilled in all three of those, right? Okay. And so whether they're, you know, an extremely successful influencer or they're an extremely successful doctor or lawyer, irrelevant to me if they're mm -hmm. very happy in what they're doing. Because back to what I was saying earlier, right? When you are doing that job, that you're excited about, that you're thrilled about doing, everyone gets your, the best version of you, right? And mm -hmm. then from that best version, you can also give charitable, charitably as well because you, you're going to do well, you're going to thrive, and your income's going to increase. And so for me, uh, it's about those three things, you know, being content and happy and fulfilled with your profession, uh, with your family and loves you and cares about you. And then obviously, uh, being, being obedient to, to him. Okay. Me. Tell me about a time that you failed really big and what the result was of that. Oh man, this is, this is great. So I thought years ago, I was in a senior position. I thought I was doing in the Navy SEAL community. And um, we were not supposed to, during training exercises, we were out in the, uh, let me back up. In, we have a, an island in the Navy, San Clemente Island. Um, and 
just just uh, north of that island is Catalina Island. Oh, Catalina okay. Island is you know a tourist destination for Southern Californians. Mm-hmm. San Clemente Island, which is where the Navy SEALs train, is just us. There's no one there but us, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was running training out there, we were not supposed to go to Catalina Island because our group was concerned if we ever went over there, it'd be bar fights, drinking, oh. sex, drugs, and alcohol, and you name it, and it'd just be a catastrophe. Um, and no one wanted to deal with it. Well, this guy didn't care. This guy said, hey, I've got a guy or two that needs to just blow off some steam, and I'm going to make sure I take care of them. I'm going to be the good leader. I'm going to do what I think is right. And uh, I'm just going to disobey. I'm mm. just going to do it my way. And I'm just going to try and sweep it under the rug and no one's ever going to find out about it. Well, they did. They found out about it. And so my uh, command master chief at the time pulled me into his office and he was like, dude, Kyle, what the heck, man? What, what were you thinking? Yeah. And I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, Brian, he goes, what, what, you know what I have to do. And I looked him right in the eyes and I said, Brian, you have to fire me because I completely disobeyed you. And he was like, you're, he's like, you're damn right I do. And I was like, I know. And so we talked about it and dissected it like gentlemen, like, what were you thinking? Like, okay, give me the full breakdown of everything that happened. Is there anything I should be concerned about? You know, and all that. And, um, and so I got fired from one of the most exclusive positions, most elite positions in the Navy SEAL community, right? Mm-hmm. And because I was being, I was being Mr. Know-it-all. I was trying to be, you know, do the right thing. In my mind, I had justified, you know, a, a lie, for example. Mm. Uh, and not for you. I had justified a lie. And so from that, uh, now all of a sudden, a lot of the community knows that, hey, you know, Kyle's an idiot. Kyle's a, a turd, a, an S-bag, you know? And so it took me years to overcome that reputation, right? Mm. And it took me years to, to work out of that reputation and that, that failing, if you will. Mm. And so what did I do? I put my nose down. I just grinded. I worked hard. And kept working hard. And I kept asking my network in and out of the community, like, hey, how can I support you? How can I help you? Um, and I didn't try, I didn't try and hide it from my community either. Like mm-hmm. when people ask me, like, hey, what happened? I told them, just like what I told you, hey man, I disobeyed. I lied. Um, I disobeyed a direct order. Um, and it doesn't matter what the order was. It's irrelevant. Like I, in that moment, disobeyed. And so learn from my mistakes, learn from be better than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And through that, you know, and now on the faith side, right? Like over the years, eventually my prayers have always evolved and become better uh, or more time relevant. And, you know, I was literally just praying this the the other day, which was like, hey, if I need any reputation, like I just surrender, I just surrender my reputation to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. If I need any damage control, reputation corrections, like Lord, I just, I surrender to you. Like just, hey, you and I, we're not perfect, 
<laughs> right. 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 Hey, you know, I'm far from it. What are you doing right now to invest in yourself? Investing in myself. So this is one of my best hacks for married uh, couples or and especially younger married couples. Every morning, my wife and I, I get up about 15 minutes prior to her. I get the coffee going um, and, and then I bring coffee into the bedroom. And this is early in the morning. And then uh, kind of get her up and get her moving. Uh, and love you, sweetie. Uh, and she, she and I start the day before anyone else is up in the, in the house, in the word. Okay. Together in prayer together. And then from there, um, depending on the day, uh, straight to the gym, which is here at the house, uh, followed by getting the kids to school and it ebbs and flows, right. Depending on calendars and all that. Sure. But, but no, regardless, the morning starts out, you know, in the word, in prayer, and then physical fitness. Okay. What do you do for fun? And then, and then for, um, for fun and, you know, uh, for, for growing myself, I'm a consistent, consistent reader. I'm nonstop. I'm always reading something. Right. And so for fun, I'm a big surfer. Uh, I love surfing. Um, I love working out. Uh, so those are kind of my two big things is surfing, um, and work. Okay. What book are you recommending to people right now besides your own? Ooh. Ooh. You know, I don't know if, you know, one of the books that I love is Every Good Endeavor by Timothy Keller. Okay. Um, I love that book. But, um, you know, the other book right here, uh, Michael Vickers, who I mentioned in uh, the back of my book, uh, just launched his own book, which is his memoirs, um, called By All Means Available by Mike Vickers. And okay. I, and he's been one of my heroes for a long time. If you read our book, you'll read why he's one of my heroes. Uh, but he just came out with uh, his book, By All Means Available. It's pretty incredible. Okay. Well, we will include and that. If, and if you don't know who Mike Vickers is, if you watch the movie with Tom Hanks, uh, Charlie Wilson's War, mm -hmm. uh, when they go, when him and Gus goes to a park and there's a guy playing chess against three different people, that's mm -hmm. Mike Vickers. Okay. Yeah. I remembered the name. And as soon as you said that, Charlie Wilson's War, I knew who it was. So. All right. Any parting words for our audience today, Kyle? No, thank you so much, John, for having me on the show. It's great to be able to navigate and go through this conversation with you. I've had a wonderful time. So thank you, everybody. You bet. And thank you, Kyle, for being here. Really appreciate that. Uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in today. Uh, again, it is a privilege to be here to share all this with you. You've invested your most precious resource, and that's your time. And I don't take that lightly. So thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.